0: I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems Good morning it's 9:23 a.m. Central Daylight Time May the 31st 2019 this is episode 102 of Bitcoin and woo there's some serious butt hurt going on out there. Um, so, you know, try to keep it together. Uh, you saw uh blue mat and, uh, some other people get into it and, you know, when you, at the end of the day, I think in like a month, nobody's even going to remember, but man, the butt hurt out there is just super, super deep. So, you know, be prepared for people just losing their minds on you, because uh, it looks like you know. To me, this this whole thing's kind of been bubbling up for a long time, and something was bound to break down. And I think it was, and somebody else. I, I think it was uh, uh, Samson. Samson is, I think it's pronounced Mo. I used to call it Mal, but I don't think it is because I heard. I think I heard him say uh, his own name was Mo. Samson Mo so uh he i think it was him that that was responding to blue map because blue map blocked him or or whatever and all that said it was the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing it was either him or or blue map i tend to agree um but i don't think the pressure release valve went all the way off if you know what i'm talking about so uh, be prepared in the weeks and you know in the coming weeks to have some more blow ups like this. So on a happy note, I would like to say congratulations to Blue Wallet and tell them happy birthday, Blue Wallet, because apparently today is their first year anniversary or their, you know, their their very first birthday. Uh, they tweet out <clears throat> Blue is now one year old. Happy birthday to us, all contributors, all users, and the community. Thank you for all the support over this year. We are extremely grateful and pumped to keep building, onboarding one user at a time. There will be sats today. Keep an eye open. All right, so cool. That means that they're probably going to be airdropping. All their airdrops will probably be already done by the time that that I get this uploaded and... Uh, And how if if SoundCloud doesn't like decide to like barf all over my upload like it did uh, Wednesday, which is why it was so damn late. uh, I had to upload that thing three or four times uh, to get it to for their processing to actually go through the entire processing thing. And this is about the third time this kind of thing has happened. I I am very seriously thinking about moving over to another platform because SoundCloud is just. Seems, seems a little bit unstable for this kind of thing. In, in either event, uh, happy birthday, Blue Wallet. Glad you were still with us. I use your product. Um, that was one of the first custodial lightning wallets that I have used uh, just to check it out. And it is custodial, by the way. People be aware if you, if you do not like having somebody custodying your stuff, then don't use blue wallet. But if you're just going to keep like a few bucks on a wallet somewhere, I don't know why people get the heebie jeebies. If you're keeping like all of your wealth on there, don't, that's just dumb. That's like keeping your Bitcoin on an exchange, but for a few bucks, 10 bucks, you know, up to, you know, maybe whatever your pain tolerance is, mine is 50, you know, something like that. And after that, I get a little nervous and want to put it onto a, um, you know, a, a full cold wall, uh, a cold card wallet. I am going to get a cold card wallet. um, But yeah, it's, so just be aware it is a custody. It, it is a wallet of custody. So that means it's not your keys and not your coin. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, I have run across this thing called leaden, which is yet one more of those HODL spellings variant of the word Lend. Right. So this is Hodel with Ledin uh, account, uh, the Twitter account, and their uh, uh, website is ledn.io. And what is it? Well, it looks to be uh, that you can earn interest on your Bitcoin. Again, this is obviously custodial. Okay. So I have no idea. I, I, they seem kind of new. Um, I haven't really heard a whole lot about them. So, but their uh, website basically says Welcome to Leaden, a better home for your Bitcoin. Leaden offers a suite of products for you to make the most of your digital assets. Our savings products can provide you with extra yield. Our credit products help you keep your Bitcoin and access dollars or use the borrowed funds to purchase more. And they say that their Bitcoin savings account will compound. monthly. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's custodial. So I'm, you know, at this point I, I got the heebie jeebies, um, and interest. I mean, we used to have this thing called interest in the banks. Um, it used to work. It doesn't anymore because they screwed up the banking system so bad with all the fiat money. But other than that, their other, their other product is dollar loans backed with Bitcoin. And apparently they will loan you up to 50% of whatever digital asset that they're going to accept. And right now it just, it looks to me, they say digital asset, but they just keep saying, uh, uh, referring to, uh, Bitcoin. So, you know, whatever. So you can go check them out if you want, uh, ledn.io again, it's obviously going to be custodial. So, you know, watch out. Uh, getting on up into the stack bit refill and async uh, company has uh struck a lightning channel uh bit refill says the first one BTC lightning channel is live on mainnet. We're happy to share that at bit refill in collaboration with at async underscore Co and their eclair implementation. Has opened the first 1BTC public channel on the Lightning Network. Hashtag reckless. Learn more here. So let's go here. This is a Medium post out of, or not, no, this is off of BitRefill's blog. uh, From BitRefill, this was done a couple of days ago. The first 1BTC Lightning channel is live on Mainnet. We're happy to share that BitRefill in collaboration with Async and their Eclair implementation has opened the first 1BTC public channel on the Lightning Network. This is a customization of the current specification that removes the 0.167 BTC channel limit. We have tested the channel and already transacted across it. In the near future, we will work to leverage this capability to lift the payment limits for people shopping at bitrefill.com and bring increased liquidity to other aspects of the network and our Thor products. It was awesome working with Async on this, and we really appreciate all of their work (coughs) to make this possible with us. We are strong believers that the Lightning Network is a big part of Bitcoin's future and are happy to have people that are willing to be reckless with us. If you would like to learn more or collaborate with us to make uh, more fat channels that add utility to your platform, please get in touch. So if you're needing some uh, fatter channels, uh, BitRefill and Async uh, seem to be your guys. So that's pretty cool, man. A full 1BTC Lightning channel is live not on test net guys, on mainnet, a full BTC, which basically at 1.16. Um so they basically 6xed the size of a lightning network channel. 6x guys, six six times the capacity of the largest capacity allowable. So now these things are getting, these uh, limits are getting removed. The governors are getting, you know, the the gloves are getting taken off. The governors are being pulled back. Er, Just, this is cool. I mean, a full BTC liquidity in a single lightning network channel. Um, I'm not sure how you're going to stop anything like that. All right. This next one is going to be difficult. Uh, It's going to be really, really difficult because it's from Bitcoin.com. Um, It is about solar power. So what I'm going to try to do is try to delete, uh, as I read this, all references to uh, their shitcoin and only refer to actual Bitcoin. Choosing to mine Bitcoin over selling power to the grid. Mining cryptocurrencies like BTC utilizes electricity in order to power the ASIC machines that profit from mining coins. Over the last few years, as digital assets have grown more popular and the SHA-256 hash rate, the BTC consensus algorithm has climbed to all-time highs. People have complained that the amount of energy used to mine is excessive. However, while some people spend a lot of time debating whether or not mining is using too much energy, there are lots of miners using a variety of renewable energy methods like wind power, hydropower, and solar. A great example of this can be seen in Christian Anders' explanation of how he was making money using excess solar to mine Bitcoin Then he was selling the the energy to the power station. Quote, Time to start your miners tonight, almost free energy in Stockholm tomorrow. Instead of selling my surplus solar energy, I mine Bitcoin, end quote. Andrew remarked, one kilowatt hour is looks like 1.16 kroners or about 12 cents US. That is more than 10 times the money if I would sell it to the grid using the most common miners on the market, $100 each, which convert 1.3 kilowatts to 1 BTC. I'm not sure about those numbers at all, man, but whatever. Right now, certain miners in China and Canada are using hydropower to help offset electric costs, and the other mining operators use low-cost geothermal power in Iceland as well. But Ander isn't the only person who has furthered the idea of, dig, of minting digital assets with solar power. Lots of people have been promoting the concept while the Shaw 256 hash rate climbs exponentially, pushing operators towards greener energy solutions. For instance, on July 1st, 2017, a man from San Diego detailed how he's been mining in the desert with 25 S9 miners inside his greenhouses. <laughs> According to the San Diego desert miner, he ran everything 100% off grid with solar and battery power and said he was profitable. Solar farming in general can be profitable for those simply selling to the grid, but it depends on the land's rental cost, geographical location, and the size of the solar installation. Recent estimates disclose that on average, a typical solar farm can produce between $21,000 and $42,000 per acre every year. Tam Hunt, the founder of a renewable energy project called Community Renewable Solutions, has outlined how solar energy could boost Bitcoin mining while at the same t- time reduce energy consumption. Hunt's study reveals that instead of selling electricity to the grid, mining cryptocurrency could be far more lucrative. The research claims that the solar plus Bitcoin operation pays for itself in about two years, and after the return on investment is completed, there is minimal risk of remaining. There is minimal, oh, sorry, there is minimal risk remaining. This is because if the price of Bitcoin suddenly crashes below profitable levels, the operation has a backup plan because they can just sell the power to the grid. Hunt described how off-grid mining operators operations can be can be done in areas with no power lines and where acreage is extremely affordable. Under this scenario, the miners are connected to the internet via a satellite connection, but otherwise the entire project is off-grid. All solar power is used for mining. Hunt notes for this study, this kind of <clears throat> facility could also be include could also include on-site storage of both smooth production and to extend mining operations beyond daylight hours. Over the last few years, there's been a lot of fud surrounding Bitcoin mining consuming too much energy. China's National Development and Reform Commission detailed on April 9th that the department believes Bitcoin mining wastes resources and pollutes the environment. But there's a lot of data and reports that show otherwise and that mining rigs can also produce their own heat power as well. A recent CoinShare study indicates that 78% of Bitcoin miners utilize renewable energy sources. In March 2018, the co-founder of the Nakamoto X exchange, Camille Bricha, there's no way I'm pronouncing that, (laughs) showed the world how he uses excess mining heat to grow tomatoes. Later that year, people read about a residential block in the freezing Russian province of Siberia with local grandmothers mining coins for profit and heat dissipation. Known as the Siberian babushkas, one woman explained how they used the hot air from miners to dry spices. All the hot air is perfect for drying pumpkin, tea, and herbs. It dries very quickly. In just one day, one of the babushkas explained... There are all kinds of methods people use to harness renewable energy to mine Bitcoin. Oddly enough, solar energy is not being used by major mining operations as the dominant renewables powering facilities that have been hydro and geothermal. Although last summer, reports indicated that Haruken Party Limited was approved to build... a 20-megawatt solar farm that will be specifically used to mine digital currency. The mining operation is said to be situated in Kali, Australia, near a power company called Muja that produces 854 megawatts of electricity. Similarly, if there were a sudden cryptocurrency price downturn and mining wasn't that profitable, to can simply sell the power to the grid. If individuals like Christian Ander have noticed that using solar-generated electricity to mine Bitcoin makes 10 times what could be made selling the power to the grid, then many other people are likely aware of the same idea. So that's the end of it. Um, And, you know, we can say what we want about Roger, but I'll, I'll give him this. I only had to replace the name of his shit coin twice in this entire thing. Um, Kudos. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. So thank you for not making my mind explode having to read this. But uh, that said, you know, it's, we've, a lot of us have said it before. I'm going to go ahead and say it again that the green energy revolution is not going to come out of that. Twit AOC, and it's not going to come out of this Green New Deal. It's not going to come out of the far right side. It's not going to come out the central side. It's not going to come out the far left side. What's going to do it is probably Bitcoin. It's probably going to be the the one thing that um, that really blows the lid off of how do you how to to make the investment in green energy really happen. Now that said, there there's talk on the street about the trade, the China trade war and that China is threatening the U S. with rare earth minerals and that kind of sucks because without rare earth minerals and a whole bunch of them, uh, solar energy becomes panels and and the technology and batteries and whatnot become a little bit more difficult. Um, so uh, you, we'll have to see just where that whole train wreck goes, but. Um, The future looks pretty bright, except for Peter Woola, who says the current Bitcoin protocol is not quantum secure. Let's see what is going on here. This is out of Omar Faridi. uh, Yeah, Faridi uh, from Cryptoglobe.com. He's writing on the 29th. William Casarin, a Haskell and Rush computer programmer, has suggested not using Taproot. Or at least carefully considering the implications. A recent publication published Bitcoin improvement proposal that aims to enhance leading cryptocurrency, the leading cryptocurrency's privacy and overall network efficiency. He's that there's a tweet here that says, if you are worried about quantum computers, don't use Taproot. It's paid to pub key, not pubkey hash. Kassarin, a Vancouver-based game developer, Pointed out via Twitter that Taproot is paid to PubKey and not PubKey hash. He also questioned why the BTC protocol developers would integrate the complicated script validation logic associated with BIP Taproot. <clears throat> as the cryptocurrencies code base, quote, might be insecure in 30 years from now. In response to Kassarin's comments, Mario Gibney, the customer support team lead at Blockstream, said that he was surprised as he had not heard about it before. Kasserin also asked, quote, is it possible to have pay to pubkey hash version of Taproot? According to prominent Bitcoin core developer Dr. Peter Woola, <coughs> Hashing public keys, quote, doesn't add any security. Woola, co-founder at Blockstream, added that the widely repeated claim that it protects against quantum computers is nonsense. He also clarified that, quote, anyone who ever reused an address or shared an XPUB or used Electrum has their pub keys already public. Quote, Bitcoin outputs aren't secure against a quantum computer even when they're hashed. Responding to Willa's statement, Casera noted that there are theoretical proposed algorithms for quantum attacks on pub keys, but not hashes. The physics enthusiast then questioned Willa's claim regarding hashing public keys not being able to enhance uh, security. He acknowledged that the pay-to-script hash, or P2SH, may have reduced security due to collisions. However, he asked Willa to point out the main arguments that suggest, quote, pub key attacks impossible. Willa remarked, it's not that pub key attacks are impossible, assuming a quantum computer. It's that in practice, Bitcoin outputs aren't secure against quantum computing, even when they're hashed. Hmm. Kassarin, or Cassarin then argued that you could buy yourself some in the in-flight case. He also mentioned that if he was operating a QC, then he'd focus on the already exposed outputs. Cassarin further noted, I can't imagine ever using Taproot for that reason, Pretty neat idea. Otherwise, in response, Willis stated, if there's ever evidence of theft due to a QC and 5 million BTC are readily available for the taking to such a hypothetical machine, do you think BTC will still have any value left? According to Kaserin, the only way Bitcoin would manage to survive is if users were aware of the fact that they can at least move to quantum secure outputs. Current state of QCs, IBM, has 50 qubits, Google 72. Meanwhile, Woola mentioned, any unconfirmed transaction in flight exposes public keys, so if a quantum computer exists, at least moving coins around safely becomes impossible. Further, a massive fraction of the currency supply can be taken. Lastly, You likely have exposed your own pub key already. Given all he added, given all those hypothetical attacks, attack models, that pub key hashing doesn't help with at all. It's I think it's fair to say that Bitcoin as it exists today is not quantum secure, period confirming that QCs exist today and elaborating on their current state of development, Twitter user noclone3 pointed out QCs already do exist in a primitive form namely not error corrected. IBM has 50 qubits, Google has 72. Rigetti should deliver 128 ion Q160. The burden of error correction depends on the number of needed operations and should be of an order of be on the order of 1000 qubits qubits times the logical qubit. So I don't know that much about quantum computing. Um, but there seems to be, you know, th- if Wool is saying this, yeah, it's a little concerning. It's a little concerning, you know, no doubt. But um, it, I, you know, and I've heard some talk, I think this was out of, Marty Benton was talking to Matt O'Dell. And um, and th- I think they, was, they were interviewing Murad and there was this notion of having, you know, basically having the, the ledger, if something bad were to happen or something like a, we had to like move to a, a new hashing algorithm or some kind of like full scale burn it all to the ground situation happens, that we'd just be able to move the UTXO set into another system. Um, and this would seem to be a burn it all to the ground kind of situation if it were to occur. Now, the other thing is, is that how fast are, are quantum computers, how long is it going to take for uh, quantum computing to get to a point where this kind of thing is is a credible threat and where will Bitcoin be at that time? So if There's and there's there's arguments on both sides of that. There's arguments that it's going to go really really fast, and then there's arguments that it's just not going to happen for a long time. And thirty years out does seem like a a fairly you know a a fair amount of time to be able to either have some kind of plan in place or something like that. But at one point or another, quantum computing is going to happen, and, and Bitcoin has always been attacked, and it's going to be attacked then too. Will it survive? I don't know. It survived for 10 years under every conceivable attack vector known to, to humankind so far. It's, will it survive the rest of the attack vectors that are uncovered as we move move on to the future? Well, that's always going to be a question. Would I run screaming to the hills? No, I don't think that that's a smart thing to do. Um, and, and chances are really good that the the very last chain that they'll hit is is bitcoin they'll probably run if there's any surviving shit coins out there the low-hanging fruit is always the easiest fruit so just keep that in mind and and like i said don't freak out and i'm sure (coughs) i'm pretty sure the guys over at blockstream they they, obviously they're aware of the situation i would imagine that they are that there are some people in the group that are actually actively thinking about this problem so yeah yeah, don't don't worry too much about it. Um, I would much rather worry about the buffoonery of Salesforce for IT Twitter account that says introducing Salesforce blockchain: the fast and easy way to create trusted partner networks. And I'm going to their, looking at their website. This is Salesforce.com, and this is about their blockchain products. It says create trust networks to securely extend uh, customer relations management to partners. Easily build blockchain apps and networks with the industry's first declarative blockchain platform natively integrated into CRM. You know, it's just... It's Bitcoin, not blockchain, people. This is just ridiculous. So there's like a loyalty exchange network that they have. There's a blockchain builder. Oh, that just looks great. Build blockchain networks and apps with clicks. Allow low code code tools to create networks and add partners. Build and update the blockchain data model with clicks. That's right, people. Now it's just a click of a button and you got yourself a blockchain. If this isn't, I don't, I don't know what else is more stupid. <laughs> so it's, I don't even, I'm not even going to be watching these people. I don't like Salesforce in, in anyway. way. Uh, some of their crap that they've pulled over the past uh, makes me not, I wouldn't trust them. Anyway, so there's that one. U.S. Congressman Urge i oh, sorry, U.S. congressmen urge presidential economic advisor to hold blockchain forum. This is out of Anna Alexandra. She's writing this on May the 29th. A group, <clears throat> a group of United States congressmen has requested that Lawrence Kudlow, the director of the National Economic Council, hold a blockchain forum in a letter published on May the 24th. A group of seven congressmen, including Trey Hollingsworth, Darren Soto, Bill Foster, Tom Emmer, uh, Ted Budd, Josh Gottenheimer, and David Schweckart has submitted a request to hold a forum on blockchain technology. The council is the principal body through which the U.S. presidential administration considers economic policy matters. In addition to the forum, the congressman also asked to include the technology in initiatives promoted by the administration. In the request, the congressman note the, that The difficulty of applying purportedly outdated legislation to emerging technologies stating that a lack of regulatory clarity could negatively impact the development of new tech like blockchain. The lawmakers further argued that the technology could change a variety of industries in the United States economy. Quote, blockchain technology is an example of digital innovation that has the potential to transform a myriad of industries. Not really. Through its ability to improve the transparency, efficiency, and security of transactions and information in the financial services, healthcare, insurance, trade, finance, and supply chain management sectors, among others. In April, 21 representatives, including some of those mentioned above, sent a bipartisan letter to the United States Internal Revenue Service requesting guidance on how to report virtual currency taxes. The letter urged the IRS to provide guidance on tax consequences and basic reporting requirements for taxpayers that use virtual currencies, claiming that there is still substantial ambiguity on a number of important questions without, about the federal taxation of the emerging, of this emerging type of asset. In response to the request, IRS Commissioner Charles Redding stated that the agency has prioritized issuing relevant guidance. The introduction will specifically, or the instruction will specifically cover issues such as in. Inst- acceptable methods of calculation, cost basis, cost basis assignment, and tax treatment of forks. So yeah, that's the other thing about shit forks is they put, <laughs> apparently it's like, it puts you into a tax consequence poss- uh, possibility through no fault of your own. I didn't ask to get uh, a whole crap load of BCH dumped on me. I didn't want it. I didn't want the whole thing to happen. And thankfully, because I got rid of it when I did, I didn't get BSV and I'm glad of that too, because even though I'm not just because that they're shit coins and not just because that they are, uh, their leaders are maniacal narcissistic weirdos who don't seem to really understand how any of this shit works, which you'll see later in today's show. Um, uh, but I didn't ask for those coins. So I mean, are is it would it be possible for me to sue them because they put me into a tax consequence that I never asked for? Now, that would never work because I don't have enough money to sue Ver, but is it possible that since this happened to everybody, are class action lawsuits possible? That you've put me in a financial situation that I never asked for? That's an interesting question. I'd like it, I'd like to Get a you know a tax attorney that's actually uh, familiar with blockchain to talk about that because that would be that would be really interesting. <clears throat> Sorry guys, I'm also I think I'm fighting off a cold here. Um, but yeah, uh, tax attorneys' uh, expertise on that would be interesting. I think I, I might possibly know one. Come to think of it, I'm, I'm, tweet him a question or two about this. Um, okay, speak. This is where we get into the uh, more crap about really ugly coins is that scammers boost BSV price with fake Satoshi confirmation. This is out of John Biggs coming out of CoinDesk Writes Scammers boosted the price of BSV Wednesday by publishing a fake news alert uh, purporting to show that BSV's creator is also Bitcoin's masquerading as the Chinese news site CoinBull. The bogus alert claimed that Craig Wright had transferred Bitcoin from the so-called Satoshi wallet to prove his identity. The result, a $60 boost in the, in the BSV price in less than 10 hours. Wright, who led the fork that created BSV in November of 2018, has maintained for years that he is Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous architect of Bitcoin, but his claims continue to be met with widespread skepticism. If he really were Satoshi, many critics have said, then Wright should control the private keys to the wallets that mined the first Bitcoin and thus needs only to move some of those coins to settle the matter. Hence, the alert read CSW transferred 50K. BTC from the biggest BTC wallet to Binance, which confirmed he is the real Satoshi. As such, CZ will relist BSV and make an official apology on Twitter. These scams are common and lucrative. Quote, The trick is easy and constantly used by many scams. All Chinese crypto media uh, circulate the breaking news via pictures as above in WeChat instead of a news link. So anybody can just use the same theme template and Photoshop one, said Dovey Wan, founding partner at Primitive Ventures. Coinbull responded on WeChat with its own announcement, writing, Coinbull announcement regarding recent malicious Photoshopped image to impersonate Coinbull to spread rumors. Recently, we have received feedback from users that certain people have maliciously sent out photoshopped Coinbull news alerts to spread rumors about Binance and CSW, which had bad consequences. We remind our users, again, not to trust any rumors and not to spread any rumors. Thank you for your support. Um, BSV hit a $193 seven-day high on the rumor and is leveling out at above 180 as of this writing. Let's see where it's at right now. BSV is at 187 right now. God, just amazing how stupid people can get. Um, Yeah. As of this writing. So then that ends off with a tweet, uh, a a tweet from W. Wan responding to her own. That was basically breaking the news. And it says, I don't know how much this contribute to the pump, but this fake news snapshot went viral in many Chinese retail groups around the same time. And folks, Uh, parenthesis thought it was real in parentheses, got super excited about it. Chinese retail is the best herd ever, man. That's a hell of a slap in the face, but she's right. I mean, there's no reason that BSV should be over a buck, much less at 190. So yeah, you know, what, what are you going to do with that? Um, Okay, now this last one before we before I end uh in uh, this, I want to this isn't about Bitcoin, but it's it's this is spooky shit right uh, right here. Uh Kirk Kierkegaard Emil or Emil Kierkegaard uh off his Twitter account writes Amazing machine learning results, reconstructing the face from voice recording. Voice recognition is also nearing perfection. All anonymous YouTubers, et cetera who use their own voice will be doxed. It's inevitable text basis of perfect police state. And he's got a link to what will take you to a uh, PDF. You have to, it actually goes, the first uh, link is through axis.org or R, I'm sorry, R, arxiv.org which is a Cornell university. It's, it's sort of their repository uh, near as I can tell. It's their repository of, um published papers so this was submitted uh may the 23rd on 2019 and it, it if you find the link for the pdf you can download the whole pdf now this is a full blown research paper that I, it's been submitted but i don't know if it's been accepted for publication yet um i doubt it because if it was submitted and if 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 their uh, their date means that it was submitted for publication, then they're about six months away from getting this published, if, if it gets published or accepted and published at all. It also may mean that it already is published, but I don't think so. This looks like a draft. Um, I'm going to read the abstract. And the title is Speech to Face, Learning the Face Behind a Voice. The abstract says, how much can we infer about a person's looks from the way they speak? In this paper, we study the task of reconstructing a facial image of a person from a short audio recording of that person speaking. We we design and train a deep neural network to perform this task using millions of natural internet YouTube videos of people speaking. During training, our model learns voice-face correlation that allow it to produce images that capture various physical attributes of the speakers, such as age, gender, and ethnicity. This is done in a self supervised manner by utilizing the natural co occurrence of faces speech and speech in internet videos without the need to model attributes explicitly. We evaluate and numerically quantify how, and in what manner our speech to face reconstructions obtained directly from audio resemble the true face images of the speakers. Okay. Abstracts of scientific papers are always, always difficult. Right. But this is out of MIT, um, and all these guys that are on this paper are are credible, credible bros and, and sisters. Um, and reading abstracts abstracts from scientific journals are is difficult. I uh, believe me, I know. I lived in science for ten years of my life and had to deal with this crap. So I'm just going to give you the breakdown here it means that at one point or another uh, they're just going to be able to nail down my face just from this podcast all by itself without any help um i don't I'd, i've made a couple of youtube videos they've i guarantee they've already been uh, scraped so my face is out there um it's only a ma- it's only a matter of time that they are able to literally just play an audio recording of somebody talking and even if there's a video out there or not, that face is probably going to be pretty close because I gotta tell you, I'm looking at the results and they're really close. They're nailing down ethnicity, they're nailing down general age, and they're nailing down general facial architecture and construction. And it's spooky as hell, man. So for all you guys that you know are that are never gonna release your, you know, release your face or whatever, be aware. This shit's coming and it is a it's gonna be one more nail in the coffin of freedom uh, if we keep letting this shit happen. I don't know how to stop it though. I really don't. I wish I had a, a, a solid answer, but calling your congressman is not that answer because they just don't listen anymore. Anyway, that's gonna be it for your morning roundup. <laughs> Statistics off of BitInfoCharts.com has Bitcoin at eight thousand four hundred thirty six. It looks like there's a the low is going to be over at Bitfinex at eight thousand four hundred and sixty cents. <coughs> Three hundred and twenty five thousand uh, transactions have been made over the last twenty four hours, giving us about thirteen and thirteen thousand five hundred transactions per hour on average. Uh, to 0.025 million BTC moved in those transactions in the last 24 hours, uh, with uh, 85,000 BTC being sent per hour on average, with an average transaction value of 6.22 BTC and a median of 0.054 BTC, or roughly around 450 bucks US. Block time is long at 10 minutes 50 seconds. 1.52 BTC are being taken on for fees on a per block basis, and the the uh, fees over the last 24 hours have been 199 BTC. Uh, we the hash rate has decreased in the last 24 hours by 6.6%, but we are still at 54 exahashes per second. The last GitHub commit was a couple of days ago on the 29th of May. From left to right, Ethereum is at 260. Bcash is at 436. Litecoin is at 110. BSV is at 186. Ethereum Classic is at 8.5. Dogecoin is at 0.0033. And this time, Dogecoin is actually beating Bcash because Bcash volume or transactions have fallen off the cliff to about 20,000. I wonder what happened. Because they were doing so well every day at sixty thousand, and then all of a sudden they lose. What I just—I'm so sick of it, man. I'm just—it's bullshit. BSV is sitting at thirty-five thousand transactions, but you can imagine why, because of all the fake news. And I'm—it wouldn't surprise me a bit if Craig Stewart Wright and uh, Calvin Ayer didn't uh, orchestrate that entire thing to get rich, because they are exactly like those people. So anyway, in either event, those are your vital statistics for the day. Marty's bent for Wednesday, May 29th, 2019, issue number 493, Erle, a step toward toward an ideal. He's got a, tw- a tweet from Brian Bishop that says, Erle, colon, bandwidth efficient transaction relay for Bitcoin, and then gives a, uh, a, uh, a link to the linuxfoundation.org paper uh, by Peter Woola, Gleb Nemenko, Greg Maxwell, and others. So let's see what Marty's got to say about this. Here is a pleasant surprise. that was dropped on the world a couple of days ago by Gleb via the Bitcoin mailing list. Erle, an efficient transaction relay protocol for Bitcoin, co-authored by Gleb, Brian Bishop, Peter Wolla, and Greg Maxwell. Erle, if implemented, would materially reduce the bandwidth usage of Bitcoin full nodes making the network considerably more efficient from a node operator's perspective and creating the potential for a more decentralized network as it would be possible to run full nodes in areas with suboptimal internet connectivity and on less powerful devices like tablets or cell phones. In this rag, we harp on the idea of decentralization being an idea Deal that we strive for, something that is achieved in gradual steps as the Bitcoin network extends its roots in meat space via hardware, in the digital world via software, and in our minds via an idea. Erlay, if implemented, would be a big step toward this ideal. Just look at the performance enhancements that could be achieved. As you can see, Erlay would severely reduce the amount of bandwidth needed to connect to other nodes when compared to the current transaction relay method. Currently, if you are connected to 32 nodes, it would take 17.3 gigabytes of bandwidth per month to relay transactions via your node. With Erlay, this bandwidth burden would be reduced to 0.94 per month. Whoa, man on top of this announcement announcement cost would be reduced from 4.33 per month gigabytes per month to 0.7 gigabytes talk about efficiency gains after reading through the white paper it seems that the biggest trade off will be with latency we would get better bandwidth efficiencies for an increase of 2.6 seconds to relay unconfirmed transactions across the whole network from 3.15 seconds to 5.75 seconds. The authors seem to think this is a reasonable trade off. What about you? This is just a paper at this point. There is no BIP to implement this into any protocol yet. If it checks out to work as advertised, I think it will be a no brainer. So we will be following the developments of early and keeping you abreast of the situation. Our solemn duty to you freaks, peep the paper for yourself here, and he gives a link. The authors can explain this stuff much better than Uncle Marty can. Final thought, huge fan of white shoes, big hater of getting white shoes dirty. Yeah, I never bought white shoes. Anyway, thanks, Marty. We appreciate it. song time and today it's from pink floyd and this is dedicated to all the people that we've lost along the way to either through shit coinery rage quitting no coin turning into no coiners um, people who are being sued by certain people that are frauds um huddle or not and all the other people that are you know that somehow or another we haven't heard from in a while because of various forces acting against them. Again, this is dedicated to all of you. The Daily Trainwreck is brought to you by BNN Bloomberg. Those idiots decided that it would be a real good idea to be okay with Calvin Air coming on their soundstage and spouting essentially nonsense. Let's just listen to a clip of it.
2: What I am is a big proponent of regulation. I actually want regulation And, and BSV, one of the reasons why I'm attracted to it is because it's actually been designed by Craig from scratch to be regulatory friendly. So in addition to massively scaling and being a stable platform following the internet model, so it's got stability enabling you to invest real a- application development on top of it, mm-hmm. it also is designed to be regulatory friendly. If BSV is successful as establishing itself as the position there only needs to be one, what happens to Bitcoin and all of the other variations that are splintered off? Well, I think in the near term Bitcoin BTC can exist, but if BSV scales, continues to follow its scaling roadmap, there's just no need for any of the rest, so I think they will be absorbed. So they won't lose all their value? I think people will cross the cross, and I think everything will be absorbed into BSV, the dominant chain.
0: And, you know, I'm just not going to waste another single second on this crap. This is amazing, amazing that they had him on. And here's, here's what I, this is okay. I am going to waste a second on it. Cause there is one thing I want to say about this. The way this works is that it's not like Bloomberg is sitting around like trying to find people to put on their show. They are actually being solicited by people who want to be on their show. And in, I think in this case, I think Calvin paid them like money, Basically, to have to be a billboard ad for this shitcoin, uh, they did. I, I doubt very seriously that they went out and 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 said, "We've got to get Calvin Air on this show." Because if they knew anything about Calvin Air's past, they would not have that dude on a soundstage anywhere in Canada at all, ever, ever, ever. His is his whole past. Everything about this guy is just screams to me, cannot trust, do not trust, will not trust. Anyway, that smoldering pile is your daily train wrecked. And it's also your terrible joke corner um, because that is a joke. I, I couldn't come up with a better joke than to play that. So it's doing double duty today. And my voice is like ragged if you can't hear it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have got some kind of weird like spring cold or something like that. Cause man, it just, this was just a rough show and I'm really sorry about that guys, but it would, I just didn't want to just not do one. Um, so, t- you know, take it as it is. Uh, again, sorry. It was so rough. Um, just not feeling all that well. And yeah, man, this, when you move like a couple of hundred miles away, you know, hundred or 150 miles away from where you've lived for like 20 years, um, yeah, I've, I totally forgot about that. The, now that I've been here for where we're living for almost a year. Um, Yep, yeah, that's when you start getting, uh, your immune system starts getting kind of pummeled by, uh, bugs that you don't normally encounter. Even, even though it's still West Texas a hundred miles away, it's a completely different landscape. A lot, and so, uh, and for all of you, I've, talked about this a couple times before for all you guys that look at Texas and just, you think it's just flat, understand this. It goes from the hottest of deserts to the deepest of pine forests to mountains that, um, are that rival some of the ones, like some of the smaller ones in Colorado, because it's basically still, so they're not really technically the Rocky mountains, but they're sort of that same type of uh, formation. So from mountains to coast to forest to plains to grasslands to hill country, um, Texas has got it all. And we don't have any property tax or uh, sorry, we don't have any uh, state income tax here. And a couple of people that have tried to do it at the state level got their ass primaried for doing that. OK, so they they literally lost their job for even suggesting the notion of putting in a state income tax. Also, Austin is a hotbed, a hotbed of uh, Bitcoin development. Um, in fact, I, I think that may be one of the uh, I, I might I need to do something different with the show. And I'm thinking of, con, start, you know, trying to contact only the people that are like Bitcoin or, you know, that are doing Bitcoin work in Texas and find out if there's a difference between the quote unquote Bitcoin Texas scene and some other other things. So no, no state income tax, um, hotbed of Bitcoin development. If you guys are looking to get out of wherever it is that you are and stop paying high taxes and want to work on Bitcoin, come down to Texas, man.